Welcome to the LifeGate Podcast. Our vision is changing lives in a changing culture with the unchanging truth. Our prayer is that these weekly messages will inspire you to life change through the principles found in God's Word. Let's join in for this week's message. I just love my church and all that God is doing here in my church that I get to share it with y'all. And we've been kind of on this journey together since the first of this year. And really, it's been kind of like a really a couple, two or three years journey that God is moving us forward. And today we're wrapping up this series, but it's, you know, it's the end of the series, but it's not the end of the journey. But we are packing our bags. So everybody say, pack your bags. Pack your bags because we are moving. We are moving into new things that God has in store for us. And it really is more than just a saying, more than just a series. It is really what God is doing in our church. More than just moving into a new building. We are moving into what God has for us, what God has for you, and what God has for us as a church. See, here's the deal. It's really not just a series. It's a movement. Everybody say, it's a movement. It's a movement that God really is a God of movement. He doesn't want us to stay in the same place for too long. He is constantly calling us forward, drawing us into new places, leading us into new heights that he has for every single one of us. So we're going to pack our bags because we are moving. And that's kind of what we've been learning in this series. Like, what does that journey look like? What does the move really kind of look like? And today I want to wrap it all up by looking at this passage of scripture that I really kind of think it just really is really where this whole idea of packing our bags and moving forward really kind of comes from. The whole series kind of is encompassed in this one passage of scripture. It's found in Exodus chapter 6 and verse number 6. In fact, if you have your Bibles or your LifeGate app, you can follow along and follow along on the screen together. I want us to read this together today. God is talking to the Israelites and they have been in captivity and they've been in slavery for a long time. And so God finally just speaks to him and says, pack your bags, guys, because it's time for us to move forward. And notice what he says in verse number six. Therefore, say to the Israelites, I am the Lord and I will what? Everybody say this out loud. I will bring you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians and I will free you from being slaves to them. I will redeem you. Everybody say redeem you. I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with mighty acts of judgment. And I will take you as my own people and I will be your God. And then you will know that I am the Lord, your God, who brought you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. And I will bring you to the land I swore with uplifted hand to give to Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. I will give it to you as a possession for I am the Lord. God speaks to the Israelites and he says, hey, you've been where you're at for too long and it's time to get moving. I am bringing you out of this land and I am leading you into a possession, into a promise, into a calling, into a purpose that I have called you as my people to live out here on this planet. 
And in this passage, really, I think we can break down really the entire series that we've done over the last couple of weeks. I mean, right here in this passage, you can see, first of all, that God just wants us to get moving. Everybody say, get moving. Get moving. I mean, we see it right there. Look what he says in verse number six. He says, I'm bringing you out. He says, you've been here too long and it's time for you to kind of get moving. And how many know we all need that sometimes? You know what I'm saying? Like we all need someone to just come along. Like we said in the first week of this series, like the light is green. Beep, beep. Come on. It's time. Time to get moving. All the parents in the house know what I'm talking about with your teenage kids. Come on. It's time to go. We're going to be late. late. How many know what I'm saying? Right. And here's what he's saying. He's saying, hey, I want to bring you out. Beep, beep. Come on, guys. It's time. It's time to get moving. The light is green. And here's where I want to move you. Look what he says in the next verse. He says, I want to free you from being slaves. What does he say? He says, I want to move you out of your past. Like your past is filled with bondage. Your past is filled with slavery. Your your past is filled with hurts and struggles. And here's where I'm leading you. I am moving you out of your past. See, how many know sometimes when you go move forward, there's some stuff that doesn't come with you. And that's what God has been doing, I think, in our church and in some of your hearts in this series. have been saying, hey, I'm getting you moving. And as you're moving forward, there's some stuff. There's some hurts. There's some addictions. There's some relationships. There's some, there's some anxieties. There's some fears. There's some, there's some stuff, some baggage that you're going to leave it back there. And we're going to move forward into the future that I have for you. And then look what he says in the next part of the verse. He says, not only am I going to free you from being slaves, but look what he says in verse 7. He says, I will redeem you. Everybody say redeem. Redeem. What's that mean? That word redeem, you know what it actually means? It actually means to bring something back to its original purpose. And here's the Israelites. Here's what's happening with them is that for years they had been slaves, but that wasn't God's original purpose for them. And so what does he say? He says, I'm calling you out. I'm moving you out of your past. And here's what I'm doing. I'm moving you into your calling. I'm bringing you back to the original purpose that I made you for to be my people. I have a purpose and a promise for you. And man, that's what we've been learning in this series is that guess what, guys? God has a calling for you. That the calling is not just for the pastor or the church leaders, but the calling is for every single one of you. And many of you maybe have gotten stuck along the way somewhere, like not living out your original intent. Maybe you have made your purpose to make more money or to be more popular or to have more fun or whatever you have made the purpose of your life. And God is saying, here's what I'm doing is I am bringing, it's time to move. I'm bringing you out of that stuff and I'm redeeming you. I am calling you back to the original purpose that I made you for. It says I'm calling you out. It's time to move. It's time to leave stuff in the past. It's time to move into your calling. And then notice what he says. This is so important. In verse number seven, the second part, and he says, I will take you as my people. Everybody say that word, people. That's an, that's an important word there. In fact, any English uh, teachers in the house, you might recognize what that word is. That word is what they would call plural. You know what that means? That means it's not just one person. Notice he didn't say, I will make you my person. That's not what he said. What did he say? He said, I'm going to make you my what? Everybody say it. My 
people and I will be your God. What is he saying? He's saying, hey, I'm getting you moving. I'm moving you out of your past. I'm moving you out of the slavery and the bondage. I'm moving you into the calling that I have for you. I'm redeeming you back to your original purpose. And how is this going to happen? It's going to happen as you become part of my people, as you move on to a team. See, here's the deal is that God is all about not just individuals. He's all about the family. He's about the team. He's about us doing this together. And that's what I want to talk about for just for just a little bit this morning. In fact, you will notice that this is really not just a sermon series that we have preached. It's really not just a passage from the Bible. Actually, strategically, we have set up that this is kind of how people move in our church here at LifeGate. I mean, you will notice that, first of all, I mean, the first job that I have as your pastor is just get you moving, right? And where does that happen? Well, I'll tell you where it happens. It happens on Sunday morning. It's happening right here, right now. Like when you come to church on a Sunday, you know what the purpose of this service is? Is just get you moving towards God. And how many know we all need that sometimes? You know what I'm saying? Because you go out there and you're in life and life just drags you down. But you know what? When you come to church on a Sunday, what happens is you come in and then you hear the worship and you experience the presence of God. And then the message is preached. And what does it do? It just kind of encourages you a little bit. Like it just kind of spurs you forward. In fact, the Bible actually talks about this. Don't give up meeting together as some get in the habit of doing. But come together so that you can spur one another on towards love and good deeds. What is it talking about? It's talking about the reason we come together every Sunday morning in a service like this is so that God can speak to our hearts and get us moving in his direction. In fact, this is why we do service the way we do it. It's why when you come in, there's inspiring, upbeat music. It's why when you come in, there's this welcoming and, and, and loving environment. It's why when you come in, I try to give you a message that's positive and that speaks to your life. It's why I get a little excited sometimes because I think church shouldn't be boring. Church should be a place where we are inspired to move forward in what God has called us to do. It's the reason every time you come in, you can pretty much know what's going to happen. Like, it's a safe place that you can invite your friends because it's consistent, right? Come on. How many have ever wanted to invite a friend to church and maybe you thought in your mind, I'm not sure, is this the week that I can invite them or is this the week they're going to be weird? Come on, how many you know what I'm saying? Right? It's like, I remember, I remember those days. Like, I don't know, is this the week somebody going to swing from the chandeliers? I mean, good news is we don't have chandeliers. That's good news, right? Is this the week the pastor's going to be weird? No, he's weird every week. So, I mean, it's just, it's just okay. And we want to have this environment, this place. That's what Sunday mornings is all about. This is why I challenge you. Like every year I say, make Sunday a priority because you need it. Every week, it's a place where you can come, a time where you can come and be challenged to move forward, build that habit in your life. But it's not just about Sunday mornings. Like if we only had Sunday morning, like that wouldn't be complete in what God has for his people. We don't want you to just come and kind of get moving. What we want is we want you to get moving out all that junk you got in your past. And where does that happen at LifeGate? I'll tell you where it happens. It happens in a life group. 
In fact, this is what these groups are about. Like you come on Sunday, you get inspired, but then you get into a group, into relationships. And what happens, it's in those relationships where then you can begin to share some of the struggles that you're going through and you have someone to love you, someone to care for you, someone to help you talk through, give some wisdom to some of those things, people to pray for you. Come on, that's one of the most important things that we can pray together, people to kind of spur us moving forward. Sometimes we even need people to kind of hold us accountable to the choices that we have made, right? And where's this healing and this freedom happen? It happens here at Life Life Gate. It happens in a group. It happens when you get involved. In fact, good news this morning. You ready for good news? Good news is life groups are starting in just a couple weeks. And I, I believe every person at LifeGate, I'm telling you, if you're not in a life group, you're missing most of the fun. You think Sundays are fun, man. You need to get in a life group. That's where your life is going to be changed. But it's not just about like, hey, getting moving on the journey and getting past some of the past. But God has a calling for you. He wants you to step into that. And where do you find out what God's calling is for you here at LifeGate? Well, there are dozens of places that can happen. I mean, God will call you, I believe, on a Sunday morning or in a life group. But here is where, as a church, we have strategically set up a way to help you to discover what God's calling and purpose is for you. It's called Life Track. You hear us talk about it every Sunday during the, during the announcements. And some of you say, well, I'm not sure what that is. Well, let me just tell you, Life Track is a four-step process to help you discover what God has called you to do. Like every Sunday, it's happening during the 1150 service. And you just come in, just give us four Sundays. And what we want to do is help you to discover what is God's purpose for me and how do I connect that purpose to the group of people here at LifeGate. And we'll tell you what it's like to be a member and what that means. But more importantly, even than that is like, we'll help you go through a spiritual gifts assessment. We'll give you a little little test that will help you know what your talent and your gifts and your personalities and all those things. And then we'll try to help you line that up with a place to serve here among the body so that you can step into your calling. Just give us four weeks and we'll help you with that. But it's not just that. That's not the end of the journey. Some of us think if I've discovered what God has called me to do, that's the end of the journey. But it's that's not the end. In fact, you have not you have not really gotten on the journey until you then begin to move on to the team. That's what I want to talk about for a minute. I mean, let's just be honest. There are some of you that have come to the church, and man, you really like Sundays, and you've kind of checked that out, and you're like, man, you know, I kind of like what's going on there, and you've made a commitment to be a part of that. Some of you have even been like, man, there's some cool people there at that at this church. In fact, somebody said it right in the lobby, right before service this morning. I just love these people. They're just so friendly, and, and you've discovered that, and you've kind of got connected with, with some people and with the group. Maybe some of you have even, God's begun to show you some things He's called you to do, and maybe you've even made a commitment, gone through the life track, and become a member, and things like that, but just let's be honest, you haven't yet found a place to get on the team. And what I want to challenge you to do is get on the team. Now, let's just talk about, just honestly here today, there are a lot of reasons that we may be a little bit hesitant to volunteer to be on a team in a church. Come on, right? I'm a pastor. I've been around a long time. I've heard all of them like, I don't want to be on a team because if I sign up for that team, I may be signing up for the rest of my life. (laughs) 
come on, anybody ever thought that before? Like, I, I'm not being this, like, you know, the Israelites were in the wilderness 40 years. I'm be teaching this little kid's class for 40 years here. Because I signed up and they never let me out. It's like, once you're, once you're in, man, it's like the mafia. Once you're in, you don't get out. Maybe some of you are like that. Maybe some of you are like, well, I don't have any talents or gifts. Maybe some of you are like, I might sign up and they might put me with the kids and I don't like kids and kids don't like me. Maybe some of you are like, man, I don't have anything to offer. Here's what I hear sometimes. Well, they don't really need me. And you know, let me just tell you something. That is absolutely not true because there is a place for everybody to serve. Some people go, well, isn't that what they pay the staff for? I get my tithe so they can do the work, but... Guess what, guys? That's not what God's called us to do. In fact, when it comes to going to church, there are really two different kinds of people. You might want to write this down today. There are those who are consumers and those who are contributors. And here's the here's really sad truth, okay? In the American church world today, most Christians, most churches, you know what it has become? It has become a consumeristic mindset. I'm going to go to church and when I get there, man, I want them to have everything for me. <laughs> Instead of going to church service, it's, let's let the church serve us. You know what I'm saying? Like, I want to drive up in the parking lot. And I want, when I get out there, I want those guys in those cool green vests to be out there. And I want them to park me and smile and put me in my favorite parking spot. And it better not be too far from the door because I want to get all the kids and get out there. And if it's raining, boy, they better have an umbrella for me. Come on, you know what I'm saying? Like, I want to walk in those doors and have those readers out there with those cool signs that say, you look great today to make me feel good about myself. And I want to walk in the door. And when I come in, boy, they better have my coffee ready for me when I get here. And it better be hot and it better be good. And they better have those donuts and they better not be day old donuts. I'm just saying, cause I'm going to sugar the kids all up on the donuts. Cause I didn't give them breakfast. And then we're going to take them and drop them off after they're sugared up in the nursery. Come on. And the nursery work is going to take care of them because they ain't my problem for the next 70 minutes. Come on. And when I get in the room, boy, I, they better, well, it better be the right temperature. Come on. And nobody better have, set, have stolen my seat because, man, that's been my seat for the last 15 years. I'm going to sit in that seat like I do every single Sunday. And, boy, they better sing my three favorite songs. Actually, my two favorite songs because I got here so late I missed the first song. <laughs> Y'all know who you are. You do. (laughs) And it better not be too loud, and it better not be too soft. The pastor, he better be funny today, but not too funny, and he better make me feel good and not make me feel too convicted about stuff, because I'm coming to church. I'm just going to sit here and enjoy the show. But guess what? That's not what God has called us to be. That's not what His Word says. Like, guess what, guys? He hadn't called you to come And enjoy the show. He's called you to come and engage in the mission. He hasn't called you to come and and just just consume. He's called you to commit and contribute. He hasn't called you to sit in a seat. He's called you to get on a team. Come on, I could do this all day. But I'm telling you, this is what God has called us to do. In fact, it reminds me of this passage. I just want us to take just a minute and look at it together today. It's found in uh, the book of, where is that found today? Found in the book of Philippians chapter 2. Look what Paul says about it. He says, Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? 
Any comfort from his love? Any fellowship together in the spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? Then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with one another, loving one another and working. Look at these words, working together with one heart and purpose. That last line right there, I just want you to see four things. If you're taking notes, write them down. The first one is this. It's the word working. Everybody say working. Working. What is being on a team? What is moving on a team? What does it look like? I'll tell you what it looks like. It looks like work. (laughs) Like rolling up your sleeves and getting to work. In fact, this might be the reason many people don't ever serve on a team because they're like, I don't want to do the work. I want somebody else to work for me, right? But guess what? God created you to do a work that he prepared for you to do. In fact, that's what the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2. We are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus for what? To do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. God says there is a work that I have called you to do. And I have given you gifts and talents, abilities. I have created you specifically to do that work that I have created you to do. And I have called you to do that work, not by yourself, but on a team. In fact, notice what he says. Once again, he doesn't say you are God's workmanship. It says we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works. There's a work for us to do together. Paul says working, and then notice the second word that he says. If you're taking notes, you can write it down. Working together. Everybody say together. That we work not just on our own, but we work together. Like, like here's the deal is that we're part of the team. We're part of the body. In fact, I love what Pastor Chris Hodges says. He says, God will develop you as an individual, but he will never use you to your full potential by yourself. Guess what? You can't reach your potential on your own. Oh, God will work in you on your own, but God will build you and you will reach your potential only when you get connected that we work together in the kingdom of God. In fact, I love the way Paul says it in 1 Corinthians 3 and verse 9. He says, we work together as what? Everybody say this word, as partners who belong to God. And that's so cool. Like I get to be a partner with you And together we get to be a partner with God to do something that's bigger than ourselves. Paul says like this in Romans 12 and verse 5. I love the way it says it in the message. He says, each of you finds its meaning and function as part of Christ's body. But a chopped off finger or a cut off toe wouldn't amount to very much, would it? Look, Look what he says. He says, Many of you, you've been wondering why you don't know what your purpose is in life. And I'll tell you why. Because you've been trying to live it out on your own. And here's what he says. Here's where we find our meaning in life. When we become part of the team. When we get to be part of the body. That's when God begins to reveal his purpose. And we begin to find true meaning in this life. And then he gives us a pretty blunt truth. I mean, it gets a little graphic. He goes, a cut off toe wouldn't amount to much. I mean, just picture that in your mind. And yet a toe or a finger or a body part that's cut off and on its own. After a while, what's going to happen? It's going to shrivel up. It's going to die. See, Paul says, here's what it means to be on a team. Here's what it means to move into and onto the team that God has called us to to be on that. We're going to work and then we're going to work together. And then notice this next thing that he says. He says with one heart. Everybody say one heart. With one heart. 
That's what he says. He says, hey, if you're going to be on the team, you're going to have to have the heart of a team player. And what is, what is the heart of a team player? Well, we see it in the very next verse in verse number three. Or, yeah, verse number three, he, he shows us what it is. He says that you don't be selfish or try to impress others. Or, but be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look only to your own interests, but take an interest in others too. Here's what he says. If we're working together, here's what our heart is going to be. We're going to be the, have the heart of a team player. We're going to be people who aren't just focused on ourselves or just focused on our own desire or our own, our own intentions or our own agenda. We're not going to just serve so that we can be recognized or rewarded, but we are willing to sacrifice ourselves for the good of the team and for the good of the purposes of God. It says working together with one heart for one purpose. Why do we do what we do? There's a purpose. There's a reason behind it. Like why, why do you need to be on a team here at LifeGate? Here's why. Because there's a purpose that is greater than yourself. There are people that need to be reached. There's a community that is lost. There, you have friends and neighbors and family members and people who don't know God or people who have not experienced the presence of God in a long time. And we become a part of God's team so that we can come together for a purpose that is bigger than just here and now, for a purpose that is greater than just me, for an eternal purpose, for a kingdom purpose. Let me just challenge you. I, over this next few weeks, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to challenge every single one of you to find a team here in the church and to serve somewhere. In fact, we're getting ready to move into that new building. And I'll just Let's just be real, all right? Let me just tell you something. In order for us to do what we do when we move into that new building, we really need about 100 new volunteers. You say, well, we're going to get those. I'll tell you where we're going to get them. Look at your neighbor. Look at your other neighbor. Look at yourself. That's where we're going to get them. You say, we don't have 100 people that aren't doing something. Yes, we do. We have several hundred people that aren't doing something. Come on. And here's what we're going to do. We're going to challenge you. Over the next few weeks, next week, we're going to start a brand new series called Me to We. And we're going to talk about what does it look like to move from a me-centric focus to a we. We are the church. We are the team. We are the body. And how do we move forward in that? And I'm going to challenge you. On Feb- I'll just give you a preview. On February 17th, I'm going to give every one of you a chance to sign up, to volunteer, to be ready, to be part of the team when we move into the new building. I'll even give every single one of you a brand new LifeGate t-shirt if you'll sign up. Come on, I'll bribe you if I have to. And it says right across the front, we are LifeGate. And that's what it represents, that we are part of the team. And why? Why? Why would I be? Because there's a purpose behind it. Why would I get on the parking team and, you know, stand out there in the cold some Sundays? And why would I do that? Because there's a greater purpose that when I'm leading cars in and showing them where to park, I'm preparing the way. I'm smiling and shaking their hands and waving and getting them an umbrella to get inside to prepare them to when they get in to hear the message so their life might be touched. Why would I get on the media team? It's more than just twisting knobs and more than just clicking buttons back there. I'm doing that because I'm preparing the stage so that the worship team can, can lead us into the presence of God that the message can be, can be illustrated and can be heard so that lives can be changed. Why would I get on the, get on the host team out there and prepare the coffee and all? Because I'm preparing a place for people to come and connect with God and connect with one another. Why would I get in there in the nursery? It's more than just changing diapers. It's changing lives, y'all. Come on. 
Why would I be a part? Because there is a purpose that is greater than myself. And I'm telling you, here's the deal. Paul said it like this. That's where you're going to find meaning. And plugging into his team, being a part of his purpose. And I'm going to challenge you. Man, if you're, not, if you're not a part of the team, you're missing out. But guess what? When you become part of the team, man, there's just something about it. When you find that place where you fit and you begin to serve, there's something that just happens inside of you. And together, we do something greater than we could ever do on our own.